0: You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. So what is this sermon series about? It's called It's What We Do. And uh, as I've said the last couple of weeks, what this is about is simply this. There's a lot of people in this world that say, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I love to follow Jesus, amen. A lot of people know how to talk the talk, but not everybody knows how to walk the walk or they don't display the walk. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And to me, I've, as I said this a couple of weeks ago, I kind of believe that this is probably the number one reason why more people, more non-believers don't come to faith in Christ because they see the negative testimony that many Christians have. They say, oh, I'm a Christian, but they just don't live like it. So uh, we're taking a few weeks here as we begin 2018 to address those topics of what do we do. It's what we do if we're a Christ follower. We're going to commit wholeheartedly. We're going to give generously. And today we're going to talk about this. We're going to live purposefully. And in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, We learn what Paul says about living purposefully, filled with purpose. Today we're going to talk about purpose. Well, I'm going to emphasize the point that God has created you with a purpose. God has created you for a purpose. And today we're going to talk about that, that why do we live with purpose? Why do we live purposefully? Because we're Christ's followers. It's what we do. Paul says this, chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians, beginning with verse 24, And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Scripture says this, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose. Verse 26 says, I run with purpose. Somebody say that with me. I run with purpose. In every step, I am not just shadow boxing. Lord, thank you for your word. We thank you that we have the privilege to be in your house. And as we come together, we do so in your mighty name. Lord, would you speak to each one of us. Lord, you have a word for us. And we say thank you for what you're going to do even today. Challenge not just our minds, but our hearts as well. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. I want you to say this with me. God created me with a purpose. How many of you really believe that? I asked you to say it. But do you believe that? That God doesn't make any mistakes. He does not make any mistakes. No, he doesn't. He created each one of us with a purpose. It was Mark Twain who many years ago said this. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. I kind of like that. Now, um, the day you were born and the day you find out why, many, for many of us, it's when we give our heart to Jesus Christ, we find, oh, God created me with a purpose, and for that I am grateful. Eric Liddell, now maybe you remember him, he was the one who they made this movie about years ago, Chariots of Fire. Anybody remember that movie? What well, I don't know, how long was it, 20, 25 years ago? There's a great true story about him, who he was <clears throat> running, but he was a, a great, strong, Follower of Jesus Christ. And he said this that deals with what he was called to do in his purpose. He says, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Now, for Eric Liddell, he was called to run, physically run away, race. And so that was reminded of that as I was reading what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. He says, We run a race. And I love that correlation because for Eric Liddell, who we read and saw the story, Chariots of Fire, we see a man who knew what his calling in life was. And once he grabbed hold of that calling, he says, I know what my purpose is, then he did it with pleasure. There's a lot of Christians, a lot of Christ followers who, they love Jesus, they've given their heart to the Lord, but they're not living in God's pleasure. They're not living enjoying life. And if we were to only find our purpose in life, like Eric Liddell, he would do what God called him to do with pleasure. And that's what, I, what we're going to talk about today, because if you and I can simply identify our, our purpose in life, then I believe we would take steps in life as followers of Jesus Christ to live with God's pleasure. So let's take a look at a few lessons here. <clears throat> Lesson number one is this. God created you with a purpose, pretty plain and simple. God created you with a purpose. Never, never forget that. I want you to say that, I want you to believe that God has never made a mistake. Sometimes people have said, and it could be in the heat of an argument, oh, I wish you were never born. And if that was ever said to you, today we're going to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Because God never, never makes mistakes. He created every single one of us with a purpose. I refer to Psalm 139, verse 13. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together where? In my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. So when we read the scripture concerning this very topic, we read that God, even when you were in your mother's room, created you in a unique and special way, and no one else is like you. No one else has the the exact calling that you have in your life. So do you have your purpose? Do you know what your purpose in life? But we go back to even the times uh, when we were babies. You know, God never makes an accident. He creates all of us. And that reminds me that tomorrow, nationwide, January the 22nd is Sanctity of Life Day. What does that mean? It means that we value life. It means that we trust that God has never made a mistake and we value life. That who are we? If God creates a child in the womb of a mother, who are we to abort and cut that child and cut that life off? Because God has already created that individual. Are we, how many of us are in agreement with the Word of God? Amen? When it comes to life. God is a giver of life. God is the author of life. No matter matter if whatever anybody has said negatively against you, I want you to know that God created you in a special way for a special purpose. He's got a purpose in your life. Have you found that purpose? That's what we're talking about today. Because as followers of Jesus Christ, we live purposefully. It's, It's what we do. I think about Moses, for example. You think about Moses when he was a little baby. Well, he, God had a purpose for Moses' life. To the fact that he was in, they instructed his mother to put him in a little basket there in the river where Pharaoh's daughter eventually found him. And, of course, God fulfilled his purpose through Moses. But even when Moses was, a, was an infant, God had a plan and a purpose for him. Just like you. God has a plan and purpose for you. Well, is, is everything gone exactly the way God ordained? No. Moses, once again, he made mistakes along the way. Yeah, he even killed an Egyptian. But did that take away, okay, I'm not going to use you anymore. I'm going to remove your, my purpose for your life. No, God still used Moses in big ways. You see, who you are today is formed by so many things. And your purpose is formed by, let's just say, your testimony. See, that takes into account what God has done in your life. Your purpose in life deals with your spiritual gifts and your, and your, and your uh, strengths, what God has created you to do. Your role as a person of faith, that's what God has created you to be. Your passions, what is your heart drawn to do. Your life lessons, what God has taught you along the way of life. Your family, who God has placed you with. All those things tied together tie into your purpose for life. So here at Fortress Church, we have a purpose. In fact, for those of you who may not be aware of it, I'm going to give you our purpose statement. And part of that is when we recite our Declaration of Faith. Fortress Church purposes to be a community of believers of Jesus Christ who lead others to experience the love of God. How many of you want to lead others to experience the love of God? Because once someone grabs hold of the love of God, there is transformation that takes place. Amen? Now, the short version of this purpose statement is this. Loving God, loving people. I me know that, that that's what, <laughs> a lot easier to memorize. That's a, that's a short version. And so what are we as a church called to do? Say it with me. Loving God and loving people. Now, God also gives purpose to individuals. And for a minute, I'm just going to share with you my purpose statement because I know that everything I do really should be tied in to who God called me to be. So here's my personal purpose. Purpose statement I purpose to be intentional about loving God and loving people. I purpose to be a spiritual leader to Brenda, a spiritual example to my children and grandchildren, an anointed shepherd to the people of Fortress Church, and a servant in God's kingdom. That's who I am called to be. So I ask you the question what is your purpose in life? And do you have direction? Does your life have direction? That's something that that we need to know, and this is what God has directed me to do, right? Um, Pastor Matt, I'm going to put him on the spot. I hadn't told him I'd put him put him on this, but what is your your purpose statement as you stand here? Huh? Yeah, I have a purpose statement. It's um, my mission is to creatively shepherd and strategically empower the church to cultivate authentic community and healthy growth. Okay, there you go. That's what God has called you to do, and. And all of us have a purpose that God has designed for us. So let's, let's go a step further, going referring back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Lesson number two is this: your purpose is tied in to the gospel. Your purpose is tied into the gospel. Paul uses the word good news. Does everybody know what the word gospel means? It means good news. Verse 23 of 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says this: Do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Now as I think about that, I think about who is writing this message in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's the Apostle Paul. And I think about all that he went through and that he just, he was relentless. He was relentless in his pursuit of God. He was relentless in his purpose. He was solid in pursuing his purpose and he didn't let anything throw him off track of his purpose in life. Let's I want to read from 2 Corinthians 11:23 and I want you to see here all the things that Paul had to deal with and yet he held strong to his purpose. There's a lot of people who give up on life and give up on God because they don't have purpose in life. So I want to read to you as I read this five verses from 2 Corinthians 11 starting with verse 23. I want you to think about What Paul, how many times did Paul could have easily said, oh, I give up. I'm not going to fulfill God's purpose for my life. But he kept on. Let's read it. Paul says, as I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently. Now, he was in prison for preaching the gospel, okay? Yeah. Uh, Been flogged more severely. Any of you been flogged? Been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews... The 40 lashes minus one. Anybody of you received 39 lashes on your back? Okay. I'm telling you all the things that Paul had to do, but he kept his purpose strong. Okay. Um, Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles. Man, a lot of people who hated him. That's what happens when when you do the work of the kingdom. In danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I, I have known hunger and thirst. I have often gone without food, have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily pressure, my concern for all the churches. And I, and I could add here, and I kept my purpose in God. You see, it would be so easy for some of us We could say, I can identify, I've been through so much but I kept my purpose. I kept going because I have a purpose sent by God himself. Sent by God himself. How many of you know that God has given you a purpose? Amen? Can we grab hold of that purpose? And when you have a purpose, you're not going to give up quite so easily. There's a purpose in everything. Now, I'm a sports fan, and I enjoy Watching uh, the God ordained team of the San Antonio Spurs, just saying that, okay? <laughs> uh, five championships we had, yeah. But I remember a number of years ago, uh, Greg Popovich, a coach of the Spurs, started to do something that was quite unique. That everybody said, What? What are you doing? Every so often, he'd just rest a player. M- maybe it was Tim Duncan because he was getting a little old or Manu, and he still does that today well sometimes he you know of course it's because of injuries but sometimes they were not injured and they would just rest them i mean you no know, that was and nobody else was doing it years ago but he started to do that why because he had a purpose in it all am i right his purpose was to rest his players so that they would be fresh and uh, and better uh, better prepared for the playoffs when the playoffs would come and sure enough it paid off with five championships to the spurs amen but back then, it was like, what are you doing, you know? Why are you wrestling your players? I mean, this is a star player. Get him out on the court. Not a lot of people understood his philosophy. But then when he started winning, they said, oh, okay, now I get it, okay? Now I see those championships. But sometimes we, do, we were not able to see the purpose behind it. Sometimes God tells you to do something in life. And say, God, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. God, why would you have me do that? Uh, God, why did you create me and gift me in this particular way? No, God knows what he's doing. God has a purpose. You were created with purpose for a purpose. Do you understand what Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians 9? You have a purpose. I have a purpose. And we're called of God. And although sometimes it doesn't make sense, I know for a fact God is preparing you for the playoffs, the big time, the big blessings, the big time that... God wants to use you in bigger ways. Amen? I like what Pastor Rick Warren once said. He says this, Without God, life has no purpose. Without purpose, life has no meaning. Without meaning, life has no significance or hope. Lesson number three. Fulfilling your purpose has eternal rewards. Fulfilling your purpose has eternal rewards. As we read the next verse... Verse 25, once again, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul then correlates the athletes, the race, to eternity. He says this, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. What is Paul saying? Here on this earth, many of us, we strive to win the prize, a trophy, a plaque, but those things are temporary. Those things fade away, right? But, there, but Paul says there's an eternal prize that far outweighs them all. There's an eternal... How many of you are looking forward to the eternal prize? We're talking about heaven. There's so many times I say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready for... I'm looking forward to heaven, right? So Scripture teaches us that you and I were made in God's image. How many of you believe you're made in God's image? Amen? Now, if we're made in God's image... Get, are we in agreement that God is an eternal God? He is a God who, is, who was, who is, and is to come. So if we're made in God's image, guess what? We were made for eternity as well. That's right. Why? Because God created us because he wants relationship with us. And that relationship will not die if you're a Christ follower when your days on earth come to an end. No, it's just beginning because he invites you to spend eternity with him in heaven. This is the eternal rewards that we're talking about. So fulfilling your purpose has eternal rewards. Sometimes life gets tough and we want to just give up. I want to give you a life lesson that I believe in so strongly. Here it is. It doesn't matter when you start your race. It only matters if you finish. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter when you start your race. It only matters if you finish. Because if you finish, you're going to have those eternal rewards that we're talking about here. See, life is not a 40-yard dash. It's like a marathon. Life is tough. It is grueling. Life has hills and valleys. It has a series of many choices. Sometimes we make the right choices. Sometimes we make the wrong choices. The choice that you have made, hopefully you've made this already, to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life is the best choice you can ever make. Because that choice leads to eternity in heaven. Josh McDowell tells a story about this executive headhunter. Many of you know what a headhunter is, those who, who, who strive to find the right corporate executive for certain uh, firms. He, says, um, he said the story from this uh, headhunter. He says, when I get an executive that I'm trying to hire um, for someone else, I like to disarm him. I like to relax, take my coat off, then my vest, undo my tie, throw my feet on a desk, talk about baseball, football, family, whatever, until he's entirely relaxed. And then when I think I've got him relaxed, I lean over, look him square in the eye, and say, what's your purpose in life? It's amazing how these top executives fall apart at this question. And he says, I was interviewing one fellow not too long ago, and I had him disarmed. My feet was on his desk talking about football, and I leaned up and said, Bob, what is your purpose in life? And he said, without blinking an eye, to go to heaven and to take as many people with me as I can. The headhunter said, for the first time in my career, I was speechless. (laughs) I never expected to hear that. He says, but this was a man who knew where he was going, had complete confidence in what God had called him to do. You see, fulfilling your purpose leads to eternal rewards. That kind of ties into what we talked about uh, last uh, Sunday and Pastor Matt talked about earlier, the 90-day tithing challenge. And uh, some of you may have missed it. What it is is simply this. From last week, January 14th through uh, April the 14th, we're encouraging you to tithe. Perhaps some of you uh, have not tried tithing, and the Lord says what test me in this. After the 90 days, if you you believe that uh, God has not blessed you, and if you want your money back, we'll give you your money back. No questions asked. That's right. Why are we doing this? Because I believe God's going to bless you. I'm a man of faith, and I'm going to believe that if you test God in this, that's what the Bible says. If you challenge God, then God's going to bless you. And the reason we're doing this is because I want you to experience the best of God's blessings for you. I want God to So once again, if you want to join in, it's not too late. We've been getting in a few testimonies already. It's only been one week. Let me give you one of them. You could put, uh, let me see, two slides ahead. Okay, here we go. Hortense uh, texted me this week. She says, on Sunday, we began the 90-day challenge. I gave more than my normal tithe, and I knew that God was going to do something. I received my CPS bill, expecting it to be 200 or 300 because of using lots of heat. My bill was $22.15. I know it's the beginning of my financial blessings. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, God knows. <laughs> You know, God knows what he's doing. Okay, he, he can even work on those statements, okay? <laughs> all right. But how many of you are looking forward to your eternal rewards? Amen? Your, your eternal rewards in heaven is, uh, is what it's all about. Amen. Number four, every step in your life has a purpose. Every step in your life has a purpose. So the next verse here in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26, says this. So I run with purpose. In every step. I am not just shadow boxing. Paul says, I run with purpose, says the New Living Translation. And I love this because, once again, uh, what are we called to do? Run with purpose. Why? We're Christ followers. It's, it's what we do. We run with purpose. We live purposefully. We know where we're going. We have direction. When I get in the car and I turn on my car and the ignition on, I, I know where I'm going. Okay, if I'm going to the church, I know it goes a certain route. If I'm going, uh, you know, to... Um, Wherever I need to go, I take a certain route. You know, if, uh, and I know where I'm going. I know the direction that I need to go. Are you that way with life? Do you know where you're going? Do you have purpose? Who you are today is a sum total of the decisions you've made up to now. And who you will become is determined by the decisions you make from this day forward. For example, in your education, we've all made certain decisions about life and education, and some of us want to pursue more, others of us don't. Well, who you are today and your, their level of education is based upon those decisions, those steps that you have taken. You know, another another example is diet. Some of us are very good with diet. Others of us, like me, are not very good with diet. I've not made the best of choices, but some of you are really good with that. And sometimes it's, it's hard, you know. Last night I told my wife about eight thirty. I'm I, I I need a I need I, I need a sonic shake. Okay. <laughs> this is confession time. Now, I hadn't had a shake since last year. Am I right? Okay. So about eight thirty last night we did a sonic run. Okay. That wasn't the best decision, but it did taste good. Okay. <laughs> But sometimes, okay, I'm just talking about we make decisions and, and, and concerning our diet, okay? And, and if you need to make good decisions on your diet, don't talk to me, okay? you please? Spiritual life, though, we make decisions in our spiritual life as well. And those decisions reflect on how things end up, okay? Uh, the day you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, that was a big step, a great step in the right direction. Uh, the best step anyone could ever make. And then we, we keep our spiritual life by steps. Paul says, I, I run with purpose with every step. So what are those steps? Receiving Jesus Christ. Maybe you took the step of being baptized in water. That's a great step. Maybe you made a decision and take the step to have daily devotion, spending time with God in the Word and in prayer. That's a great step. Maybe you made a step to trust God with your finances, to give to God. Maybe you take a, made a decision to trust God with your career. That's a great step. And on and on. What I'm saying is every step you take in your spiritual life, Do it with purpose. I run with purpose, Paul says in verse 26, with every step. This is a great lesson that you and I need to take care of. Once again, where your spiritual life is today is a result of the steps you have taken until today. And here's the good news. Where your spiritual life is headed is determined by the decisions you make today and this day forward. You have choices. You have choices. Once again, Paul says, so I run with purpose in every step. ran across an article about the uh, old-time ocean-going ships, and some of them had three flags. And in this, as I was reading about this, one flag was on the main peak, uh, is the house flag that showed ownership, who owned the flag. Another flag was on the stern peak was a flag where the of the country of hail where that ship was from and then the flag on the fore peak was a country of call where they are going and i love that because it kind of gives us a picture of us because the imagery of these three flags on the old time ships talked about one flag ownership another flag origin another flag destination and i kind of like that for us because in our lives, we, we say, okay, who owns me? I'm under the flag of Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. Okay, well, where am I from? Well, you know what? I thank God for what He's done in my life and the testimony He's given me to pull me out of this life. But the main flag is I'm going forward. I'm going to raise the flag of destination because I am going to run with purpose from this day forward. Where's your life headed? I got a kick out of something I read not too long ago. There's a out In the town of Bryson City, North Carolina, there's a, there's a road called the Road to Nowhere. See, between Bryson City, North Carolina, they were supposed to build a road between there and Townsend, Tennessee, but they ran out of money, and there were some complications and environmental concerns, so they cut the project, so the road goes to a certain place, and it just stops. So they call it the Road to Nowhere. And I got a kick out of that because I thought there's a lot of Christians who are on the road to nowhere. It's like, okay, where are we going? Where you know, it doesn't you know, some people, some Christians, they love Jesus, they made a decision to follow Christ, they just don't have direction in life. Can we find direction? Can we find purpose in serving God and every day living for Him, every day serving Him, making contributions to the kingdom of God in our spiritual life when you have purpose? You never have to go down the road of nowhere. I love this quote from Andy Stanley. He says this. Everybody ends up somewhere in life. A few people end up somewhere on purpose. Those are the ones with vision. In other words, you're going to end up somewhere. I hope you're the one who's determining where you're going to end up. And the way we determine where we're going to end up is when we live purposefully. Why? We're Christ followers. It's it's what we do. We know that everything we do points to our eternal life in heaven. Our eternal life in heaven. And today I want to encourage you to live a life of purpose. Maybe the Lord is challenging you to, uh, to write out your purpose statement and say, Lord, what is it that you've called me to do and who is it that you call me to be? Proverbs 19.21 says this, we humans, this is from the message, We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. God's purpose prevails. In just a few minutes while I'm I'm, I'm closing out this message, but I'm going to leave you with five questions that I would love for you to ponder as you take some time in prayer this morning, because I would love for you to respond to this. I never uh, want you to hear the message of the Word of God and just leave. I, I believe God is speaking to all of us. Live purposefully. What does that mean to you? So five questions I want you to think about as we prepare for a time in prayer. Number one, who will be Lord of my life? In other words, you've got to determine that. Who's going to be Lord of my life? Remember I said who you are today is a sum total of all the decisions and steps you've taken until now. But who you are going to become is a result of the decisions you start making today. So who's going to be Lord of your life? You or God? Simple question. It's easy to say, oh, God's going to be Lord. Yeah, but then sometimes we start worrying about the things of life, and if you worry about the things of life, you're pretty much saying, God, I haven't given this problem to you. Jesus is not Lord of all. He's not Lord at all. Number two, how deep of a commitment to the Lord will I make? How deep of a commitment to the Lord do I make? In other words... It's great to say, Jesus, I, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I've I confessed my sins. Once again, that's a great step. But there's some people who have a shallow commitment to the Lord. They don't want to go deeper with the Lord. They're, they're satisfied with just a little bit of God. My friend, where your spiritual life goes depends on your commitment to God. Number three, what values do I live by? Okay, what are your convictions? You've got to set the standards now. You've got to live by conviction now. Because you're going to be challenged. Your convictions, your morals, your standards will be challenged. Yes, they will. But if you are purpose, purposeful in your values, there's going to be no doubt when those decisions have to be made. Number four, what spiritual gifts and strengths has God blessed me with? If you know me, you know I, I stress what has God created you to do, how has God created you to minister. And the reason I stress that is because God doesn't make mistakes. He creates each one of us in a unique way for a special purpose. And I, I believe we all need to find out what are my spiritual gifts, what are my strengths. We talk about that in the two Another Level book. Because it's so important for you to know how did God create me? How did God create me? And then number, number five, who will, take, who will I take this journey with? Who will I take this journey with? And by that I mean, first of all, did God put you in a certain family? Okay, well, are you going to take the journey with your family? That's a decision you got to make. For those of you who are married, you better believe your spouse needs to be included in number five, okay? You're taking this journey together. God doesn't do things by coincidence, Okay? You've got to determine, who am I going to take this journey with? And then the other thing is, okay, connecting with the church. Am I going to take this journey with the fellow believers? Yeah. We had, uh, I mean, I love it when we can take this journey, learn together as a church. But even a step further, your small group is so important. Your connect group is so important because you need brothers and sisters who can lift you up. That's why we're stressing so much this year, connect groups, because that's where it's all at. We need to take the journey with others. We cannot live life on our own. You were not created to live the Christian life and take this Christian journey on your own. We need each other. We need each other. So those are some important questions. And I'm going to ask if we can leave that slide up while we take some time to pray. Because I want God to speak to you, but I also believe you need to respond to God. Would you stand with me right now? As you stand, first of all, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and Bow your head just for a few moments. And I ask you the question, first and foremost, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? If for some reason he is not Lord of your life, I would love it if you would take that step that we've been talking about to surrender your life to him. We're not here to judge you. No, no, no. We're here to encourage you. And if you believe this is your time, you say, you know what, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. Just lift up your hand. I want to be right there to encourage you, and we want to pray with you this morning. Amen.